everybody, and welcome to... (laughs) (laughs) This is on Halloween. Just cut that and then, like, play it before every episode this month. Every single one. Heart emoji. No, okay. Um, Well, my name's Adam. I'm Kira. And, uh, well, first of all, how are you doing today, Kira, for tonight? (laughs) Why would you ask me this? I don't know. I'm just trying to be formal. I'm okay. I, if in case anybody was wondering, that intro was all improv. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, you know how I always pull out a little joke, like, as a little (laughs) intro? Adam was like, wait, how do we start it? I said, oh, I got it. Don't worry. I know improv. Oh. <laughs> um well I think it went really well. Thank you. Yeah. Um so this week we are talking about the 90s classic Scream. Um Kira, I know not to spoil uh your entire thing with this movie, but you didn't prep for this episode. So uh, do you have any memories with this movie? Like like Buddy, did you watch I can't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Um, so I think it was the first time I saw it, um, but I used to have, like, I used to live in, like, a really cool dorm building, and there was just, like, randomly, like, a screening room in the lobby that you could just, like, rent out for whatever you wanted to do. Um, so me, Sean, and, um, somebody else (laughs) Mm -hmm. rented it out to watch Scream, and we all took a selfie, and for some reason, like... Matthew Lillard was just like replying to everybody's tweets that night and we took a selfie and tweeted it at him and he replied scream birches with a winky like emote um like he spelled bitches wrong (laughs) (laughs) so that's my history with scream and then I saw it in a drive-in like last week um you so I guess you were like what like 18 the first time you saw it or 19 or something yeah yeah it was like fairly recently because I didn't really watch um like horror movies really until adulthood well i i remember because um was it it or was it a different movie but i remember you telling me like for a long time like every time you were gonna go see a horror movie with sean in theaters you were like texting me before you went you're like i don't want to do this i don't want to go see this movie in theaters well i i think the first horror movie that i saw in theaters was get out just because i was right. like i need to see this movie mm-hmm. um actually i can't I can't remember if Get Out or... Or I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, I skipped that. But, um, yeah, I think it was Get Out. Um, And then after that, I was, like, I saw... I can't remember the order, but I saw Halloween. um, Because I was, like, I need to see the new Halloween. Um, I saw Us, obviously. And then I saw Hereditary alone, and I was, like, that fucking sucked. I wasn't even scared. Which it didn't, but anyways... Um, yeah, That's I don't know. That's just my history with seeing horror movies in theaters. I, like, don't see any other horror movies in theaters ever. Um, yeah, I wanted to, like, to ask her about that, because, like, I know me and her have polar opposite histories when it comes to horror movies in our polar childhood. Polar opposite friend check. <laughs> wow, Kira, very cool. 
Um, also See, just for- I'm I'm cool. I'm with Gen Z here. <laughs> um, just for clarification, if I seem a little bit off tonight, I we're recording this on Tuesday, where the presidential debate just took place. Um, I got a little bit drunk and watched it, so if I'm a little bit uh, out of it tonight, I apologize. But I genuinely do really want to talk about Scream. And um, I, I simply am sober. I just am like this. <laughs> yeah, she's just manic. She's a she's regular Jean Dielman every week. But Jean Dielman's not manic. Internally, she is, but she doesn't know how to. You've never seen this movie. Yes, I have. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've never felt that movie, <laughs> man. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Um. Anyways, I think... <laughs> Go watch Hobbs and Shaw, you... <laughs> you know what? I will. I literally will. <laughs> and that's it for Sonial Cannon this week. <laughs> I... Listen, Hobbs and Shaw is high art and deserves a cred tier in release way more than John Gilman. And Gilman's. I apologize for not getting past the second Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> Which angers me because you would love Hobbs and Shaw if you watched it. <laughs> I'm not doing it on purpose. I I'm I don't know if that's true, but anyways, uh, what I was saying before she had to make a TikTok reference. Um, uh, I we are we have totally different um like histories when it comes to like horror movies in our childhood. I know Kira just said she didn't grow up with horror movies at all. Um, I grew up with them way more than I should have. I've talked about this a little bit on the pod before. Like I. The main ones that I watched when I was a kid, like uh, Child's Play, I, those scared me the most as a kid, but I couldn't stop watching them because there's like a weird thing with me as a kid. And I think a lot of kids felt this way, where like even though things scared you, you just felt like more drawn to them because of that. Because it was like this adrenaline rush that you just didn't get from anything else. And the same thing with like Halloween. I remember the first time I watched Halloween was like when I was eight or nine. And it was like that TV edited version of it on AMC on Halloween night. Mm. And I just remember like distinctly like eating my candy on the living room floor while my mom was asleep and just watching it and like just being zoned into it, you know, um, which yeah, is I why actually I saw Halloween for the first time, like two years ago, maybe before the new um, one. Yeah. Before the new one. And I was like really surprised at just how like chill it was. I know that sounds like weird. Yeah. But well, it's really funny because I saw that at a drive-in, um, like, two days ago. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Scream at the drive-in a week ago. And it's really funny because Sean and I say it a lot. Whenever we go to our local drive-in, the movie that we see is, like, referenced in the next movie. Like, the first movie we saw at the drive-in was Casablanca. And then we, the next week, saw When Harry Met Sally. And then we saw... Um, scream and then we saw halloween which is weird because they're all yeah referencing each other you know so what's next week uh we actually don't have tickets to anything else we're going to different driving yeah well yeah okay well (laughs) no hard emoji (laughs) we might be seeing evil dead i don't know in a few weeks well they reference evil dead in this so i guess it that uh oh yeah they do damn okay Guess yeah. we gotta go see Evil Dead then. You just gotta keep the uh, theory going. Um, yeah, but no, yeah, what you were maybe saying... they'll show Jennifer's body. Hopefully, um, when she says, "Is movie. that my Evil Dead T-shirt?" 
Um, just a little uh, FYI, I'm going to be talking about Jennifer's body in like a week or so, um, maybe. I don't know. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Heart emoji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on um, a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just not on a podcast, just in general on her Twitter. Just, uh, yeah. She's going to be talking about it. I'll um, be talking about Jennifer's body like next week in case anybody wants to have a conversation with me about Jennifer's body. I will be free next Thursday. If yeah. you are free, I'm free next Thursday. If you it's going to just be out. alone in her room, but if you want to like FaceTime her, <laughs> she can do that. <laughs> anytime. I'll talk about Jennifer's body anytime. <laughs> um, yeah, so I... <laughs> so I uh, I guess, like, with all those movies that I just talked about, um, I think it was kind of a surprise to me when I found out Scream existed when I was, like, 12. Because it felt like at a young age, I saw so many of the classics, like uh, Child's Play, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Final Destination. Like, I saw so many of these classic horror movies as a kid that I was like, what Scream? Like, when I was almost a teenager. <laughs> and I you know i just was like when you find out at a young age that you haven't seen something it's almost like a manic thing you're like i gotta watch it mm-hmm. and i remember watching it one night just like having no idea what it was and i have to say like this movie i, I say this a lot but like i genuinely think this is the most influential movie like that i've ever seen for me like i don't know if any other movie in history has impacted my life the way this one did Mm-hmm. Um, just on a personal level. Um, I'm not saying I've never seen a better movie, obviously, but there's just something about Scream and the view, the first viewing that I had of it, where I genuinely think this is not to be like too sappy or whatever, but it's like the transition period from like zillennial watching to like critical like watching. Like, it's mm-hmm. like this is the first time I was like 12 when I first saw it, and it was the first time ever watching a movie that I was like, oh, like the writing is really good. The direction mm-hmm. is really good. Like everything is so well done. Because I remember watching the opening with Drew Barrymore and just like being amazed by it. And like genuinely, I don't want to be cheesy, but like that's what made me love movies so much. Like I always knew I loved movies, but I didn't realize until I watched Scream that there was an art behind the movies that I loved, you know? Mm-hmm. And this movie just means so much to me. And Kira can attest to this. I have not shut up about this movie since I met her. <laughs> but I, it just makes me so happy every time I watch it. I, I told uh, my friend or my girlfriend Mia tonight um, that we, when we were watching it, I was like, "This has the best opening scene of any movie." Yeah, ever. I like, agree. Yeah. Um, I also I said after watching it last week, I was like. Honestly, um, the, like, the risk that it took and, like, how does a movie work past it? Just, like, killing off literally Drew Barrymore in the 90s in the first five minutes of a movie. Yeah. (laughs) And then she's never seen again and it's, like, the best scene. And the coolest thing about it is, like, she was all over the marketing for this movie. Like, she was on the poster, the trailers, TV spots. Like, mm-hmm. she was on every marketing campaign for this movie. So yeah. they even sold her. Like, she was, like, one of the top billed stars in the movie when it came out. Exactly. Like, and people went to go see it in theaters, and they were just, like, taken aback by her being the opening kill. And, I mean, that's the brilliant thing about this movie is, like, it immediately, like, establishes itself apart from other horror movies. Mm-hmm. And not to be, like you know i'm different but like 
this movie does it in a way that's so smart without trying like trying too hard to be smart mm-hmm. that and the cool thing is like it's a satire but it's also yeah. like its own movie like its own story is interesting without the satire the satire is just like a cherry on top of that you know mm-hmm. which is what i just love about it um so is there like anything about the opening to you that you love um i think it's just like it's crazy i guess which i guess i kind of feel this way about like every horror movie um because i started watching horror so late in life uh and i guess like any movie really like just like knowing how iconic it is and like knowing like a lot of like the scenes and stuff and like the iconography of it and then like seeing it in context and it's like oh that's what it's like like when i finally watched 2001 like you all know my (laughs) memeing on stanley kubrick like um when i finally watched 2001 i was like oh this is actually the scariest movie of all time and i wouldn't have known that if people didn't frame it in this way or whatever like a douchey like movie um and then uh like something like scream like i was always terrified of uh do you remember like those like like gross like asshole kids in elementary school that would like have like the ghost face mask but it would be the one that like bleeds uh i may or may not have had one of those oh okay sorry then i guess you were like a gross asshole kid i mean i just had it for halloween i didn't like take it to school or anything like (laughs) i like i hated when people like use that to like scare right to scare people um but yeah just like seeing it in context is like so much like different like when i saw halloween for the first time i was like wow literally nothing happens in this movie and it's still scary (laughs) and um same with like alien like when i saw alien for the first time i was like oh literally every other movie is bad <laughs> like the cloverfield paradox thing yes where you were like, like you were confused i was confused as to why people didn't like cloverfield paradox well, especially like, me because so like you were texting me the night that it dropped and you were like why do you not like this and i'm like yeah. kira it's literally alien like it's bad <laughs> alien yeah it's bad it literally is and then i remember when you saw alien you're like cloverfield paradox bad like yeah every movie is bad (laughs) that's not alien that's what i felt after watching alien for the first time yeah i mean that's what happens when you avoid movies (laughs) because you're they're basic and you're an asshole one also i think like this one uh, scream in particular like what you're talking about like halloween and alien like how those movies really influenced the genre. I mean, I know they're all horror, but like Halloween influenced the uh, slasher genre, and Alien mm-hmm. very much so did the sci-fi genre. As long as yeah, like everyone's like, yeah, you're right. Let me try. Literally, like every single one after that. Even if they weren't trying to, they just inherently did it without mm-hmm. even consciously trying. Um, Scream did the same thing pretty much for every movie after, where you couldn't not reference other movies after it. Because Scream did it so like intelligently that they knew that they didn't call themselves out on their own bullshit that they would seem dumb. Like I remember the one that always sticks out to me it came to, come out like uh, only four years later in 2000, uh, Jeepers Creepers, which I know you haven't seen, but I don't even have to ask you. I just know you haven't seen it. Um, but I just I, I love that. Um, I, but, but like Justin Long and uh, who I forgot who the sister is in that movie, but like they their entire characters are like they're referencing other horror movies, and I'm like, there's no way this would have happened. This movie, uh, like wouldn't have been made the way it was if Scream didn't exist. 
because like if this was just a, a generic movie like they would have made it just stripping them of that entire persona but because of scream they have to have all these characters reference the fact that they're in a horror movie like even i mean, I mean get out's a masterpiece but like get out constantly is referencing other movies you know especially mm-hmm. with um little Row how uh, howley's character in that movie like every horror movie that you see now is suffer- referential because of scream um and i think it is really i don't know if any other horror movie since scream has had the impact that scream had um i mean i can't really think of one really because it's just it's kind of like the epitome of like what a horror movie should do to be culturally impactful um yeah i think also it's not like really dated in any way no it's not i think that the fashion i think because all pop culture references are basically like referencing the entire culture of horror movies in general and like film history within that genre you know mm-hmm. yeah so, i mean that's yeah. I mean, it even extends past the first movie like i know we're gonna at some point talk about the sequels and their own episodes. Um, i haven't seen them <laughs> well i mean at some point in the future yeah i'm trying to do that this month that's my only plans for my future at the moment I, I think you're gonna love Scream Four. That's um, I'm sure I will. Yeah, yeah. Sean was giving me like a little bit of a uh, like generic kind of like rundown of it. Why was you, um, Wes Craven? Why did he play himself in the show Boston Legal? Um, as someone who's never seen Boston Legal, I have no idea. But okay. I love that for him that he did that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I love Wes Craven so much because um, he pokes fun of himself a lot, even in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. he plays Fr- Freddy the janitor in the Freddy mm-hmm. Krueger jacket, and then also, um, oh, uh, like when Tatum is. It's funny talk- because his stuff will, like, reference. Yeah, himself. his previous work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, even Tatum in this movie, like, when she's talking to Sydney, she's like, it's like a Wes Carpenter flick or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there's so much good jabs at his own movies that. Like, he even talks about, like, uh, uh, Casey of Beginning is, like, you know, the Nightmare movie started good, but the rest sucked. Like, there's just so much goodness here that, and Wes Craven is so self-aware with it, even in 4 specifically, like, the commentary on just horror as a genre as a whole in that movie mm-hmm. is so ahead of its time that I have no idea how Scream 5 is even going to tackle a modern setting because Scream 4 did it 10 years earlier, and it still holds up. Um... But yeah, so Scream, uh, I, I know I was going way ahead, but like I think this film is great in its own right, but the franchise it's in is equally impactful because I think all the sequels hold up, genuinely. Mm-hmm. And uh, But this is still the best one, probably. Um, so I don't know, like, what do you think about like Nev Campbell's character in this movie? Um, I think she's like a good... I, I think it's funny because... Like, you know that she's obviously going to be, like, the final girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's funny that... Not, like, funny, but, like... It's, like, you'd think that they'd try and, like, subvert that. But then also it's, like, they're literally, like, sitting and breaking down the concept of the final girl. Of, like, how to win a horror movie. Like, yeah. towards the end. Like, they're all sitting around watching Halloween. Um... Not to be annoying, but the subversion is that they don't subvert it. Like, they set up so many roles that they 
it's kind of like they subvert okay, so much stuff Stanley earlier. Kubrick. Like, <laughs> they subvert so much earlier that it's almost a twist in its own right that they don't subvert much yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, also, which I like, think is part of it. Um, freaking Gail Weathers, she could be considered a final girl too, I guess. Yeah, don't no, totally. I mean, she's um, I don't want to spoil like her role. She's in there. all of them, and she has bad bangs in one of them. That's all I know about the rest of the sequels. Yeah, Scream Three, she has the worst bangs. But yeah, um... I mean, like same. <laughs> <laughs> Might do that tonight. Who knows? True representation for Kira. Me um... walking into the bathroom at any given moment. Ah, shit! I guess I gotta do it. My bangs need a trim. Well, I think she's definitely a final girl too. But Sydney in particular, I think is um, a lot of people like uh, say it's either uh, uh, what's her name in Halloween, Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know why I blinked on that. Or um, there's other ones too, like plenty of final girls in cinema. But mm-hmm. like, I think look at me saying cinema as if you know, we're talking about a real movie this week. If I say cinema. Yeah. Um, you... but, mm. I don't know. But Sydney's my favorite final girl. Um in all of film history. And I think she's probably one of my favorite characters of all time, just in any form of media. And I know that's because I have I like forgot a forgot about her like arc, like with like her mom. Yeah. I that's completely forgotten about that. And that's like, it's not even just this movie, but like her entire arc throughout the four movies is mm-hmm. also part of why I love her. And three is a goofy movie. It's a goofy movie, 1996, but like also, um it's like it has really great sydney moments and i don't want to spoil it but like the note it leaves off on is just perfect for her and part of why i love the character and i don't know like i I think nev campbell like is just so great where Mm -hmm. she like balances the line of like a heroine and she's like a badass but like it's not like you know winking the camera like you know like a man writing a woman to be like masculine Mm mm-hmm former badass you know what i mean like it's like she's just badass because she yeah i was saying that uh when i was watching it with sean um i had said like there's like every like girl in this movie like specifically like fights back like even if they're like literally just like um (laughs) rose mcgowan um like there's like interesting like fight choreography um because, like, they're actually, like, fighting back. Like, they're not just, like, running and, like, scream. Like, they are, like, running and screaming. But, like, like they're genuinely, like, fighting back. Yeah, I mean, even um, Drew Barrymore at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. even though she knows she's not going to win, she still just, like, punch him and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, and she even gets really close to escaping if it wasn't mm-hmm. for that, like, last little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. Like, it's... And it's... I mean, I love Halloween, the original, with all my heart. Like, that's mm-hmm. a, I think it's a masterpiece. But, you know, you could say that everyone in that movie, especially the women, are just there to be slaughtered. Um, and I think that's the essence of the character of Michael Myers, that he's just an unstoppable force. I'm not calling the movie sexist by any means. Yeah, right. I mean, like, Mike Myers, I, he's just an unstoppable force. 5'8 king. Anyways, I... <laughs> Listen, um, I've been spending all of quarantine at the Myers house. Am I right? God. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Like, I think even though I love Halloween, it is like in other movies like it. I'm not to call it Halloween specifically, but it is nice to see a movie where like 
even though they are victims, they aren't entirely helpless. And, like, almost like the people you don't expect to survive this movie do. Like, Mm -hmm. the nerd, who almost always dies, lives in this movie. And, like, the incompetent cop. And I know ACAB, but I'm sorry, Dewey is, like, likable. No, yeah, I think, yeah, I like him. (laughs) Yeah, I love, I mean, I wish he would retire from the police force in the fifth movie. but I like when he's just, like... He's, like, eating ice cream in one scene. I, I was telling Mia that on FaceTime tonight. I was, like, uh, the juxtaposition between him eating ice cream and the superior officer smoking a cigarette is perfect cinema. It is Listen, just so I can't funny. believe I remembered that. If I remembered <laughs> so something, that means it's significant. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking true. <laughs> But like I and I and I said that tonight. I was like, that's like one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. It's so subtle, but it's so fucking funny the way he eats the ice cream. Yeah. Like he's just having a serious conversation about murders. And he's like licking the entire cone. Oh, can and I it, just say, yeah. um, really quick? So mm-hmm. we had this discussion about Jerry Bruckheimer and like logos um, of production companies. Right. I was and always have been fucking terrified of the dimension films logo and i don't know why well i think i mean it started with what spy kids probably right for us like is that dimension yeah it was dimension then troublemaker studios like Uh, yeah because i remember fired the halloween series in the 2000s one in 1995 yeah, because uh, I remember H2O starts with Dimension, and I'm like, yeah, what the fuck H2O is this? H2O is the funniest, funniest H- thing. Yeah, it's somehow the worst one, but the most fun one. Like, No, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just funniest title. Yeah. Oh, the title, yeah. yeah. The movie is, um, that's one Paul Rudd, I think, for some yeah. reason. Um, so yeah, they sorry. mostly do, like, horror movies. They did Spy Kids also. Um which is, like, weird, because I haven't seen, like, any of these movies. Um, Dimension Films is closed. Are they closed now? Um, because I mean, Weinstein. well, they were Miramax. It sucks, because in 2015, they lost... It's weird, because Scream keeps, like, bouncing around. <laughs> like, the rights to Scream. It's very um, weird. Well, Scream, all four movies... Uh, the first four movies started with Dimension. Like, even the fourth one in 2011 was. Well, 2015, they lost the rights. Yeah, it went to... Well, I don't know who it went to exactly, but I know they had I the TV show on MTV. Blumhouse had it, I think. Oh, and fuck. then the fact lost they, it. The fact that um, um they lost it is really... I mean, I, I know Blumhouse makes plenty of movies. It's not like a... I don't know, whatever. But... Mm-hmm. This, uh, I think they could have done something really cool with Scream. Although I am excited to see what the uh, the new people do with um, I think it's Paramount, the new one. Yeah. Um, and also the guys who did Ready or Not are doing it, which I loved, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, for the most part, like, because a lot of other horror properties, like they bounce around from studio to studio. Um, Halloween in particular really did a lot. Um, but it's funny, like this one. Because I remember when I saw Scream 4 in theaters, like, seeing the Dimension Films logo in theaters for the first time in, like, 10 years. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit. Like, here we go. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk on that just very briefly. Because I remember I watched um, the uh, uh, the first Scream when I was, like, 12 in 2010. Mm-hmm. And Scream 4 came out in 2011. And, like, I had, like, a year of anticipation 
between finishing the trilogy and Scream 4 coming out. And I genuinely don't know if I've ever been more excited for a movie in my life, even more than like Avengers Endgame or Force Awakens, than my dumbass was for Scream 4. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember I had like, there was a week where I had dreams about it every night because I was so excited. Like, I I was on like IMDb message boards every night, like just like looking up everything. I'm even on the Scream Reddit right now, just like looking at set photos for like Scream 5. Um... So yeah, I don't know. I like, like that Courtney Cox and David Arquette are quote unquote together again. Well, yeah, because um he did an interview about it and he's like, yeah, he said, you know, we're divorced, but like we're still no, yeah, they're still around. like yeah, they're like close still, and yeah, their well, daughter he... is like literally the coolest person, literally another celebrity daughter in her comment sections, like Iris Apatow and like Reese Witherspoon's daughter being like, yes, you look so good. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, up. it was so. How do they all know each other? It was so sweet, though. Like on that interview, like um, uh, David, like was like, yeah, like we're divorced, but like she's my best friend, like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck, dude, like <laughs> it's gonna make me yeah. cry. And like, even so, like, and he's like a professional like MMA fighter now or some shit. Like, it's crazy. Like he he's just like on another level now. But um, it's honestly funny like seeing where their characters are at now and seeing them mm-hmm. in this movie. Because Dewey, I mean, I love him, but he's just so fucking incompetent, which it's funny, but there's like moments where it's genuinely concerning. <laughs> like that scene where like he uh, Ghostface attacks Sydney, and like he, when she opens the door and he just like has a gun pointed at the door and screams really loud with the ghost face mask. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, that's like the epitome of his character. It's like this bumbling idiot who's just trying to do good. Just like us, you know, we're just fucking idiots just trying yeah, to do shit. Yeah, that's me right now. Yeah. Um, to be entirely honest. And I love his romance with Gail because it's such, they shouldn't work together. Like, there's no reason why they should be love interests. Um, like, there's literally no reason. Because, um, like, he's a, just a completely bumbling idiot and she's, like, a very successful reporter um like a tabloid journalist and they just don't vibe at all but yet later on in the series you just you buy it for some reason you buy it um because they're cute together um so yeah i don't know i mean did you like did you like them together in this movie um i mean i guess so but it's also like seeing this later in life um being like is that just me projecting the fact that they were, like, a cute celebrity couple, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I feel that way, like, sometimes, like, going back on something, and it's like, oh, like... And then even, like, even further, like, projecting onto Twilight, being like, oh, an awkward celebrity couple, and I love them both so much, like, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's also Like, I part... love when, uh, like, going back... You know, and seeing like real life couples. Yeah, no, I mean that that's totally part of it. I think that's and like that's they part- were um, uh, on a podcast I listened to Who Weekly this week. They were talking about um, every week they talk about Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck, just like updates of their lives. Mm-hmm. And they the movie that like I don't remember what the movie's called, but the movie like of the set that they met on. 
just keeps um, getting pushed back. Deep water. And it's yeah. like, yeah, and it's like we'll never see like the movie that they literally like. That's the reason for their relationship. And they were like, yeah, literally, Anna de Armas is gonna be like pregnant by the time the movie comes out. <laughs> like, In the movie, um, I think. I know the synopsis, but, like, I don't know exactly if they're playing the characters I think they are. Mm-hmm. But it, if it's correct, like, I think they're married in the movie, but yeah. she, he knows she's unhappy with him. So she, like, he, like, willingly lets her go have affairs. And it, like, brings off, like, a whole, like, thriller angle to it somehow. Well, um, but it's also like a good movie. Sucks that we won't see it for, like, ten years. I I would like to see it, personally. I would like to see it. Hey guys, Kira here. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break um, for a word from a sponsor, which, cool, thanks. <laughs> um, can we talk about my favorite person in the world, personally? Mm-hmm. Henry Winkler. <laughs> yes, I was, uh, I'm glad you brought it up, because I, I made mental notes tonight to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's, Love he's him great in this. more than yeah. anything in the world. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> it's funny, like, I forgot, because, like, when I, I think my first introduction to Henry Winkler, aside from this, was Parks and Rec, his mm. role on that, which he's fantastic on. Um, and I always, like, was like, oh, it's the guy from Scream. Like, <laughs> and I, like, <laughs> like, I always referred to him as the guy from Scream, and it wasn't until later in life that I was like, oh, he has, like, a career. I like, forgot he was in it. Honestly. Um, I, I don't know. Like I forgot like for a bit cause I rewatch it like every year or so, mm-hmm. but now like some of his line deliveries are so iconic that I can't stop remembering him in it. Like every time mm-hmm. I think about him, um, also shout out to his Instagram page. Like it's just yeah, so wholesome. It's Sean sweetest. was like, is this his only death scene <laughs> <laughs> ever? <laughs> I can't. so uh Zillennials, let us know um is that is hello? that henry winkler's only death scene did he have a death scene in click I don't he just remember, died off screen right i don't remember anything from click you don't remember anything period i didn't remember that he was even in click okay he was sandler's dad oh in yeah click. um i think um, he died can we off just screen. discuss neve campbell's year in 1996 that she was in both the craft and scream Yes, The Craft is a... Have you I've seen The Craft? I've never seen it. I took it out of the library, like, two years ago, because I was like, this is definitely going to be, like, the most me movie ever, and then I just, like, didn't give it back to the library for, like, months. Um, and didn't watch it. <laughs> I think you would love it. Probably. Um, I love The Craft a lot. It's a really fun movie. Also, um, Neve Campbell, bring it back around to my personal interests was in the movie 54 um with mike myers <laughs> mike oh. myers dramatic role fucking yeah. wonderful movie um never seen it but i love her so yeah watch the director's cut don't watch the normal one yeah i mean she's pretty much great in everything she's in um i well i she was in house of cards before the whole you know shit happened with that um but like she was fantastic in that for a while i I was really hoping she would have like a resurgence after scream 4 Mm -hmm. but she hasn't been in a lot since then um she was in Mad Men, i think for a bit and uh Mm. i hate to admit that i watched a little bit of Grey's anatomy but she was in that 
but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I always wish she would like have a resurgence because she like is such a good screen presence, especially in these movies. Like, she owns it so well. Um, so, I mean, I guess I kind of want to talk about like the friend group in this movie between mm-hmm. like Billy and uh, and Stu and like everyone, like or even Rose McGowan. She's like really good in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, she, I like her. Uh, a lot. Yeah. I like. Is, I also forgot that she was in this. Yeah, I. Uh, this is kind of like the only thing I know her from, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what I mean, else is she in, really? Uh, Death Proof. I. Okay. Right. I mean. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, like Grind Grindhouse. I, yeah, I was gonna I say she's see, not in. She's on Planet Terror, right? I didn't okay. see Planet Terror. I think Sean has an action figure of her. <laughs> She's just, I mean, I have nothing against her. I just, like, genuinely, like, I feel like she's always, I mean, I, I know why she's in the news cycle. I know. I'm not trying to discredit that or anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I like, I genuinely don't know if I've ever seen another movie with her in it other than Scream. I've also never seen Planet Terror. Mm-hmm. I know the aesthetic of, like, her with the gun leg or whatever that I've just seen. <laughs> the gun leg. Well, she has a, uh, like, a gun on her leg. gun leg. Yes, I feel that way when I wear my knee brace. Oh, wait, so she was in Death Proof. Yes. Oh, I, I didn't realize she was in both. Okay. Um, okay, whatever. But yeah, she's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking, I mean, she's really good in this movie, though. Like, um, Yeah. She has a great skirt. If anyone has any leads on where to get that skirt that she wears when she dies, let me know. Jeez. Uh, um, I think... Oh, never mind. I, I misunderstood you. Um, okay, yeah. So you know that account right now that's, like, posting, like, screen caps of the... Uh, clothing from that Luca Guadagnino show, We Are Who We Are. Like, I don't see it, no. Well, they're, it's like, posting... Like it's, like, just, like, a fashion account that's posting... Well, they're posting, like, both, like, the stills or screenshots from, like, what like they're wearing. Like an aesthetic account. But they're also, like, providing links to where you can buy it. Oh, okay. And a lot of it is, like, cheap stuff, like, that you can actually buy. So, um, it's kind of cool. So, if anyone wants to do that for Scream, let us know. I'm going to look it up right now. Rose McGowan, Scream, I don't know how to spell, Skirt. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something that's, like, uh, it, that's, like, a scene, like, her death scene that kind of, like, is something that I'll never forget, I feel like. And Sean's like, yeah, I think about it every time I uh, open my garage door. No, I mean, I told Mia this tonight. Like, I was like, this is the scene. And I, like, I was desensitized pretty much at an early age for horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I could even watch most, like, death scenes from a young age. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about this one that still creeps me out every time I watch it. Like... Mm-hmm. Not just her reaction to, like, the death, but, like, just the, like, inability to do anything. Like, you know, even though we talked about, like, her fighting back, like, just, like, how there's nowhere to really go, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just scary. Like, yeah, I I quoted uh, Joe. Ever since Joe said the word when we recorded... <laughs> the... <laughs> I know what you're going to say before you even say it. <laughs> Go ahead, go for it. Ever, ever since Joe used this word when we were speaking about Daredevil, I simply cannot get it out of my mind, and I cannot stop saying it. <laughs> but <laughs> when 
when she was crawling through the dog door, um, and she got stuck, I said, oh no, her titters won't let her through. <laughs> See, Joe doesn't understand the impact that he has on us on a daily basis. Like he, Joe will simply never hear this. He, I'm not even going to text him about it. He's just never going to listen to it. Um, wow. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm glad you brought up the titters because, like, I didn't want to, but I'm glad you did. Mm. Um, just that I didn't know if I could as a man, but uh, yeah, I mean, they're oh definitely my God. like somebody there. had the skirt mm-hmm. and they sold it on Depop, and that's like the only like like there's like one like somebody sold it and it was only like sixty bucks, and like I cannot find any other one in the whole like thing you know um damn r.i.p yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> anyway. so like the other supporting cat like do you um do you like uh what's his name in this movie uh why is he not on the cast list um the guy who plays randy i can't remember the actor's name but um jamie kennedy that's right like do you like him in this movie or do you kind of like find him annoying um, I mean, I find him annoying, but that's kind of, like, the point. I feel like, you know... Yeah, like, I, I think he's way better in the second movie. Like, I mean, I love him in this movie, but, like, in the second movie, he feels more like a character mm. than just, like, a... Because I love him in this movie because he has, like, some of the best lines in the entire movie. And he's a really good comedic relief. But in the second movie, he's, like, all those things, but also, like, an actual character. And... I, I, I like, and I know that that's an unfair advantage because like you haven't seen the other ones, but like I love his character as a whole. Um, but like in this one, I think like his entire like speech about rules is like the best mm-hmm. part of the movie. I think like other than the opening, like that entire um, scene where he's just like going off about like you gotta yeah you can't have sex, you know, you can't like go outside to investigate a strange noise, you can't say I'll be right back. Like it's just such a great scene. I think also, like, um, the scene with, like, the camera delay or whatever. Oh, my God. When they're, like, watching him from inside the van. Yeah. I think that's such a good scene. Like, there there are moments where I'm like, that's filmmaking. (laughs) No, there's so many moments. (laughs) When I was watching it, like, every scene, I was like, well, that's filmmaking. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is, and, like, the way, like, he, like, keeps looking back in the monitor. And then, like, he, the last time he looks back, he just, like, he slices his throat so quick. Yeah. Like, he's gone by the time he gets back. And even, like, the scene, like, just a little bit later, where um, Sydney runs to the car, and she locks herself in, but she doesn't have the keys. And he, like, mm-hmm. taps the knife on the window and, like, dangles them in front of her. Yeah. Like, that is such a suspenseful scene. And, like, when he disappears like a ghost under the car. Like, yeah. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> like seriously, like so much of this movie like inspired me to want to make movies. Because at such a young age, it just like struck something I made where I was like, that's fucking cool. Like yeah. not even like a deep like artistic thing. I'm like, oh I have to make cinema. But like it's just me going like, no, that's fucking cool. <laughs> like I don't know. Like even just the opening, like the way it paces itself and the editing. And just, like, the framing of it. Like, that scene where she's getting, like, dragged through the, through the grass. Mm-hmm. And the, you can see, like, her almost dead body, like, holding onto the phone that's all bloodied up. 
Yeah. Like, that shot also, is, just, like, like, so ingrained like, in my mind. her parents, like, hearing her, too. Oh, my God. It's so... And even, yeah. like, just... Is this that... the best opening scene of all time? Maybe so. It is, in my opinion. I think there's nothing yeah. better. Um, I mean, I even think the, like... Glorious Bastards is up there. Up there, but not quite, I think. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's just... Again, that's just well, me. Well, I personally think that Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> I think I just can't remember any more openings of movies, to be entirely honest. This is my favorite. I mean, I've said it since I was, like, fucking 12 years old. But like, I like I, the opening of Inherent Vice. I'm just looking at my movie shelf, like, whatever DVDs are just right in front of me. Kira, be like, I like the opening of the Muppet movie. I literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Kermit singing. Are you fucking kidding me? That's the that's the best movie opening. Scream found dead in a ditch. <laughs> the Muppet movie has the best movie opening of all time, in but, which I literally will burst into tears two minutes into the movie. I'll also say though, like I think it's really effective how you only get like two seconds of seeing her hanging from the tree. Yeah. And it's so quick when they cut to the title card, but you see just enough of it to be scary. Mm-hmm. Like, it's even more scary that you only get a glimpse of it. And because, like, her mom's screech is more scary than the imagery. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's great. And I, and I love how, like, precisely the editing is with this movie. Like, how um, the opening happens, and it's clearly uh, Billy that killed Casey. Because, you know, there's two killers in this movie. And it immediately happens like Billy climbs through her window. So he clearly like got all the ghost face costume and then purposely like went to her house to be the alibi. Like say I was at Sydney's house that night. I didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's so many great moments where they like perfectly utilize the timeline of who was at whose house or like who was where. So they couldn't have been the killer. And, then the, yeah. and that's never been done before where there's two killers with the same persona, you know, it's... like that never happened. It's also, like, um, I feel like they, like, just lead you to believe that it's the boyfriend, like, the whole time. And then it's, like, you really think that it isn't. Yeah, because there's so many, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it flips the red herring trope on you to where Mm -hmm. you're, like, okay, if it's too obvious, it can't be so. But then it's, like, no, it is. That's just what it is. But it's not what you think it is, either. Like, the, at the end, the motivation that he has um both of them where it's like people always blame the media but it's not like sometimes it's scarier when we don't have a motive Mm -hmm. and i mean he has a motive because he thinks uh she her mom's responsible for his parents being divorced or something yeah i like had completely forgotten about that um it's really fucked up genuinely like it's it's really disturbing um Mm -hmm. because you know they admit to killing her mom and the fact that like she dated her mom's killer for an entire mm-hmm. year is really gross, obviously, and just really disturbing. But um, it's also even more so like when on the opposite side where Stu, Matthew Lillard's character, like he doesn't have a motive. Like he's just kind of along for the ride. And that's even more scary to me. Where yeah. He's just yeah. like totally complicit and, you know, I'm just going to say it. Matthew Lillard, one of the best actors ever yeah yeah no <laughs> like, i mean can he... anybody play unhinged as well as him no <laughs> uh 
Only Russell Crowe. Oh my god. Um, sorry. <laughs> I really, I really just walked right into that. You, you really him, did. Him in Twin Peaks: The Return. Like, I don't think I've ever seen something better. Like, he deserves the world. <laughs> like, um, I want him to be. Like, I know he's like the voice of Shaggy, and it's great. However, like. That's really upsetting that he wasn't in Scoob. Wasn't he, like, very upset about it? Yeah, and, I mean... But also, I'm glad he wasn't, because Scoob fucking sucked. And he yeah, Scoob and... was, like, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It's really fucking bad. I didn't think it could... I, I didn't think it was going to be good, but I also didn't think it would be as bad as it was. We talk about Scoob a lot on this pod. It comes yeah, up a lot, it's, but... Yeah, this is not a Scoob podcast. Wait, yeah. Shaggy's last name is Rogers? How did you what not know this? Fuck? Okay, huh? well, we will discuss this soon. <laughs> uh, very <Ooh>. subtle. <laughs> uh, um, I just came up with an idea of how to promo that episode. Anyways, um, yeah, Matthew Litter in this movie, I, I don't want to say, I mean, maybe he gives the best performance because he's so fucking funny in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think... Funny maybe... to the point of being terrifying. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, exactly, Kira. Like, I think my favorite line delivery in any movie ever is when Billy, like, is like, you bitch, you bitch. And then, like, he throws the phone at Stu. He's like, you hit me with a phone, you dick. And, he, and he's like, and he picks up the phone one more time. He's like, did you really call the cops? And she's like, yeah, you bet you're sorry, ass, I did. My mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Like, it's so good. He did you is... guys know that Adam knows the entire script of Scream <laughs> off the top of his head because we've had a conversation about this before. He said, you know, I can quote all of Scream. I said, oh, wow, cool, do it. And he said, ring, ring. <laughs> I know people say this a lot where, like, when they're talking about their favorite movies, they're like, I know every line. No, I literally know every line. To that was me with uh, Finding Nemo, and then I realized it was just because I'm, like, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, did you guys know that the movie Finding Nemo just gets, like, stuck in my head sometimes? And everyone's like, no, I've never experienced that in my life. <laughs> did you know that um, Bob Weinstein was the reason that um, Henry Winkler is killed off in this movie? Wait, what? Explain that. Because there were 30 pages without a murder. So he made Henry Winkler's character get killed off. That, I I mean, I like the death scene. It's really good. But that makes sense. Because it does feel, like, abrupt. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm just, like, looking through the weirdest, like, paragraph right now of the, uh, like, oh, he had to, he had to bring a lot of the graphic, uh, uh, murder stuff. Like, there was supposed to be, like, really graphic, like, organs falling out of bodies and stuff. Yeah, that's why they cut, um, in the opening scene, like, they cut away from showing the boyfriend getting gutted. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure they filmed it, but then they were like, it's gonna be NC-17 if we show it. Like, we gotta cut mm-hmm. away. Um, which is interesting because the second movie has way, 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 way more gory deaths than this one. Because so they probably saw that it could be, like, successful. Pretty much. And it's it really sucks how movies have to be successful to have, like, gore, like, anything intense in them. Like, they gotta mm-hmm. prove the previous movie is 
viable first. Wait, this um, is interesting. So, um, Wes Craven was like considering not going on with horror because he felt that there was an inherent misogyny and violence in it. Um, and then Wait. he came back with Scream, which is like interesting based on like what we had said, you know? Well, that's the thing with Wes Craven. Um, one of his very early movies is Last House on the Left, mm-hmm. which is entirely a... I don't really like that movie, but it is an enti- like at its core, it's a condemnation of like um, misogyny and like how violence against women is very prevalent in media. And I mean, just like in the films that you consume and it kind of like strips away the entertainment aspect of that movie. And it just like makes you feel disgusting. Mm. And it's like, he, I mean, I don't want to be like a feminist icon, Wes Craven, because I'm not the person to say that, but I mean, even like a nightmare on Elm street, like he always has like a female lead in his movies, like most of the time. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I like he. I think he does it more fair game as far as like the kills go than any other horror director. Um, because like even I think the statistics of like body counts um, and scream movies in comparison to other movies are like way more even like fifty fifty um, between male and female than it is any I other. I think it's just like though. the the sense that they like fight back. Honestly. Yeah, like it's not necessarily like like. I don't know. Like, it's, like, the way that things are framed. Well, like, even... I mean, Friday the 13th in particular, I think, is maybe the worst offender of, like, just killing women just because they're women. Like, Which one is Friday the 13th? <laughs> Jason the Hockey Mask. Oh, okay. Um, like, he, his entire motive is, is like... It, is it not just, like, like kids on the playground being like, let's play Freddy versus Jason? <laughs> I was that kid. <laughs> yeah um no i mean like that's the entire point of friday the 13th it's like it's just horny teenagers dying and like a lot of it is i mean pretty much the entirety of the first movie is just like him killing women like that's the entire movie and i think wes is so wise or was so wise um because he understood that and he was always like ahead of his time even though he um, he was much older when he made this movie, um, he understood a lot of like the issues with horror, but he never like stopped making it. He always was on top of it. Like a really great movie that he made that like pretty much no one has seen. I've never really talked to a person that's seen it, but I love it. It's called Red Eye with uh, Katie Holmes. I think not Katie Holmes. Uh, Rachel McAdams. My bad. Mm. And um, and oh, uh, is that Murphy. a plain one? Yeah. Um, My parents love that movie. I've never, never heard of anyone else seeing it. Yeah, I. It's a Wes Craven movie. It's just like yeah. a. It's like an eighty-minute movie where this lady meets a guy on a plane, and it's, it starts with a kind of cool conversation between the two of them, but it just gets like really intense really fast, and you kind of find out he has ulterior motives, and it's just like mm-hmm. a horror movie on an airplane. I feel like I've definitely seen it like on TV one time. It's just a cool fucking movie. I mean, the ending's a little bit whatever, but, like, he utilizes suspense. And mm. the way he writes her character is just, like, so 
it's simple, but like the way they do it, it's just so good. Like, I don't know. And again, I'm not the one to say, you know, I'm not like the best judge of female characters by any means, but I, I've always kind of admired it the way he does it. So I like him a lot. Um, in, in my opinion, he's the best horror director that's ever lived. I don't think anyone else comes close other than like George Romero or someone, but or uh, John Carpenter, but he's like in the top three of all time. So I don't know. I know I don't know if you have any favorite horror directors, but um, no, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> Very cool, Kira. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, I mean, anything else of note that you want to bring up about this movie? Um. Sorry, I'm like zoning. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, right. Am I right, ladies? Um. I sorry, guys. I literally do not have notes. I usually like bullet point out like everything I'm gonna say, and I didn't. Okay, then I'll just say like because I'm reading yeah, the same go Wikipedia. On, go on. <laughs> I'll just say since I'm reading the same Wikipedia as you, I think it's interesting that um, Kevin Williamson, who's never he never wrote like anything before this movie, mm-hmm. this was his first um like live act or his first like feature film ever. Um, he wrote this like on a night where he was just alone in his house and watching mm-hmm. horror movies and hearing like strange noises outside. And he just took that and ran it with it. He like wrote this really quickly and uh, in my opinion, made a masterpiece, but like he brought it to so many studios and directors and stuff. And he said, everyone just thought it was a straight comedy. And he said, I wanted to find someone that like understood the balance of horror and comedy in it. He said, and Wes Craven was like the only guy that understood where I was coming from. Like Mm -hmm. the necessity of having the horror be at an all time high but make sure the comedy is very prevalent. Like that doesn't get lost in the violence of the movie. Like, and I mean, I, I mean, again, I love um, Nightmare on Elm Street and I, he, some of the later Nightmare movies that West did um, are very funny, but I would have never imagined that he made a movie this funny before. Cause like his comedic timing, like the direction of it in this movie is really good for a horror director. Um, which I don't know if another horror movie has ever like done it other than like Evil Dead before, which I don't think you've seen, right? No, I might see it for the first time in a few weeks. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not saying no other I'm horror movies are funny, for it. but this is like the only, I don't know, one that's as funny and violent as this one is. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess the rest is just like I think the kills are really impressive. Um. The cast works really well together. The script is incredibly sharp. I really don't have any issues with this movie. I mean, I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's like it's I feel in my like top anything five that's like anything that's like silly is like supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, and I like that there's like uh, I think a really cool fake out is when um, the killer like um pretends to like kill the boyfriend <laughs> and then he like comes back in the end right yeah, yeah when yeah. it's like uh when he uh like very uh i forgot what the exact out. line is but it's like uh um 
something about like they always come back for one final scare and he's like mm-hmm. he's like rar or whatever like he's just like no no fucking... no i mean like i mean like when she like finally hooks up with him or whatever oh i'm sorry i thought like, you busts in sorry, and like she death. thinks that he's right. dead yeah oh my bad my bad that's yeah. a good one yeah that's like one of the best uh scenes yeah. in the movie because uh i mean that kind of goes to what i was talking about earlier where like the precision of like really utilizing the idea of two killers is perfect mm-hmm. because like again at that moment it completely takes billy out of the equation of predictions and i distinctly remember watching this for the first time when i was a kid and at that point just being like well who is it like i don't <laughs> like i'm like i have no idea who it could be yeah, I feel like I was a little confused the first time I saw it a little, you know? Yeah, um, but honestly, like, it holds up really well on rewatches in the sense of, like, if you try to, like, I don't know, like, take it, like, really literally, like, okay, so if he was there, how was this guy attacking her there? Mm-hmm. But, like, it all adds up if you rewatch it from through that angle, which I hate doing. I think it strips the fun of a lot of movies. But in the sense of Scream... It works because the, they just cared enough to make it work in this movie. Like, it all adds up. Um, which, I'll say in the other movies, it doesn't quite add up. But in this one, it does. And it makes me happy. Um, I mean, I know I said I don't have any issues with it. But do you have any issues in particular? Um, I mean, no. I think it's a pretty pretty perfect movie. I It's definitely something that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my lifetime, you know? Like I yeah. said, it's like something's a classic. You wait your whole life and then you finally see it and you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Let me try. Uh, and speaking of that, I just want to say petition for me to make a Scream movie, please. Uh, just let me do it. I'll do a good job. I promise. I've had an idea for like 10 years now. Why don't you tell us? No, because I don't want anyone to steal my idea. I don't want it to be like the words of Bradley Cooper. Oh my Um, god. (laughs) But, but no, I, I, again, I I really wanted to talk about this movie because I think, I've said before, like, School of Rock and probably other ones that we talk about are, like, very influential for me as a zillennial watch Mm -hmm. um, at a young age. But, like, this was the most influential movie of my life because it was that truly transition period of where I started looking at movies differently, but I watched it at a young enough age to where it's still a millennial to me. Mm-hmm. And it's old enough to also be that. Yeah. Um, Cause like I De- said, this is like depressed, a- depressed bitches are like, it's 500 days of summer for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bitches. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> It's me being still a Smiths fan. <laughs> Did you see that thing, that TikTok, where it's like, uh, don't possess if he listens to the Smiths, and then it ends the TikTok. Like, you expect it to be like a bunch of different artists, but it's just the Smiths. So Yeah. They yeah, were really I love, calling out. I love era. when people uh, make fun of the Smiths, honestly, because they're great. And <laughs> I'm a member of um, a Facebook group that's like the Smiths smith posting or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's just like memes but everyone in the group literally wants morrissey like dead <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> like it's like a smith's fan group but everyone just wants morrissey dead and uh, uh 
if you if you want to listen to the Smiths, like you know, just buy the albums used. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I have this whole uh, I've always wanted to write an essay about it. Uh, like, there's a meme where it's like, oh, like um. Like, the Smiths being, like, attached to, like, depression as a teenager, and then, like, memes being, like, oh, like, like, when you, like, <laughs> like, you know, like, the, um, Toy Story 3 meme that's, like, Andy, and it's, like, when you lose your virginity, it's, like, guess I bye won't guys. be needing these, any- like, bye guys, like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, Smiths albums, like, and then, like, just, like, Marcy being, like, extremely just, like, immature and gross and stuff and I'm just like my thesis statement is that the Smiths represent a state of arrested development and immaturity and that's why so many people connect to it when they are depressed and like in a state of arrested development but personally I associate the Smiths with two things one what of course, the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah, exactly. That just and, adds to my thesis statement. And two, the uh, box of goods, including a stale bagel that Kira sent me. Um, oh, yeah. She when, sent me... When, sometimes when you're in high school, you just mail your friend a Smith CD. She mailed me a Smith CD and a separate playlist that she made me that was just mostly also Smith songs. That's which... me. <laughs> Used to drag my CD player into the bathroom to take a bath and listen to the Smiths in high school. In case anybody was wondering what kind of person I was in high school. Just me taking a shit and listening to the Smiths. <laughs> exactly. No, that's me now. Yeah, that's you now. And before I'm about to record every episode, just like, just hold on, I'm taking a shit and listening to the Smiths. Excuse me. That was you today. It was your turn today. But to be fair, I after I took the shit, you were like, I was like, I'm ready. And you're like, okay, five minutes. <laughs> I, w- I literally was turning on my computer, oh, you okay. bitch. I was literally like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like literally in the middle of a conversation while like turning on my computer. That's Damn. literally slander. That's straight up slander. What is this, the Trump and Biden debate? Stop. <laughs> no jokes, no memes, just dread. <laughs> just dread. Um, okay. I mean, I, I don't know, is that it, I guess? I don't know. I mean, I've already kind of talked about it at length. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, <laughs> what, <laughs> what else is there to say? <laughs> Thank you, Kira. <laughs> um, Head is so empty right now. Um, I think I I think in the coming uh, I don't know if I want to be optimistic and say there's going to be coming years for the world, but if we can con- continue this podcast for the coming years, I want to cover the sequels each October. Um, so if we make it to next October, I would love to cover Scream Two um, because I think. I mean, again, I've already stressed my the importance of this franchise enough tonight and my love for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think even though I don't like any of the sequels more than this movie, I actually might have more to say about two and four 
that I do tonight because a lot of my love in general for this franchise, the long lasting love happened from me binge watching them all um, as a kid and uh, that anticipation of Scream 4 that uh, occurred. That's like one of the most influential periods of my life, honestly, like the months that happened between watching Scream through Scream 3 and the wait for Scream 4. So I felt like this was therapeutic and it'll get me through to uh, Scream 5 eventually whenever it comes out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really glad that you let me do this one, Kira. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I I hope to have a similar vibe uh, in what hopefully is going to be the last week of our Halloween celebration that I brought up before this second episode. To, last week. to the point where you literally said, why? <laughs> no, second to last week. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, well, to be fair, I didn't... I, I love the movie we discussed i just forgot how it related to halloween but when you reminded me i'm like i'm still kind of like okay i just feel like talking about it no i get it i mean don't get me wrong i love the movie it's just i'm i'm curious if it's a spooky movie but um you know what fuck it i guess let's uh let's do it anyways um so i mean i guess that's it kira uh, I know you're half asleep right now. Yeah. But anything you want to plug? Uh, my uh, Twitter. <laughs> at Get on with emoji. it. At Get garlic emoji. Sorry, I'm fucking. I gotta eat something too. I can't. Rem- I ate like an egg or something. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm At concerned for emoji. you. Are At you okay? Like emoji. Yes, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> girls be like, yeah, I'm fine, but then they eat one egg. Stop. <laughs> Literally all I do is eat croissant. <laughs> eat hot chip and lie? Yeah. Not even. Eat croissant, listen to Fiona Apple, and cry. <laughs> Uh, no okay okay remember when you sent me that tweet and it was like girls wake up and immediately listen to phoebe bridgers and wonder why they don't have a good day or something like that like no it's like damn girl did you even try to be happy today yeah yeah i literally was listening to phoebe did i send it to you like at 11 a.m too i walked to work literally listening to the song Punisher, the song Savior Complex, then I'll go on to Fetch the Bolt Cutters, I'll listen to the song Ladies, and I'm like, dang, and that's like my whole box of work. Like, damn, girl, did you even try to be happy today? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas boys, like me, we just watch Fast and Furious and Scream every morning to get ready. Not even kidding, I just put on Fast and Furious like on Russian roulette every morning. Mm. If I'm getting ready for work, I just have it on in the background while I'm getting ready. And Wait, we did not even discuss why we're doing this episode. Scream? Because it's your birthday soon. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> I forgot too. Um, no, I don't know. I I mean, I don't know. I was kind of using that as an excuse to talk about Scream, but uh yeah, it'll be my birthday soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, another year. Woo. Cool. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't know. I'm not excited, but I mean, it's just hard to be excited, you know. In, I, I'm excited for you to receive your gifts for me, and I think yes. our listeners are probably very excited to get uh, to see what you gave me. I think. I, I'm really excited. I too got because you two different things, but they're shipping separately for some reason. So it'll be like two, two little surprises. I, I have to say, I'm very excited because everything Kira has given me, I have kept very closely my entire life. Yeah, I hope you keep these close. Because <laughs> I, um, I still have your mixtape that you sent me and the CD that you sent me. And I New promise York- you, it is nothing that special, but it is special. I mean, that's, like, the epitome of us in general. Just okay. Like, no, like, just, like... like the uh, shit you've ever seen. Yeah, it's, like, it means nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it means something to us. Like, I love it. Um, I even have that, uh, the mic pin that you gave me at Disney this year. I wear it to work every day, so... Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so, oh, and everyone... Like- so many people ask me, like, who's Mike? I'm like, oh, boy, do I have a podcast for you? Um, <laughs> um, so yeah you can find me if you want to see me do a live unwrapping of my gifts um, uh, probably unboxing I don't know if I don't think Kira wrapped them so uh, no they're coming straight from the source gotcha yeah I'll so if you want to see me do I'm a live unboxing for shipping twice who do you think I am no, Jeff I don't Bezos know. I couldn't think of a rich person <laughs> yeah <laughs> I couldn't tell if you were pausing for dramatic effect or if you just no, didn't know No, I literally I couldn't think of a rich person scene. Um, so if you want to see me unbox Kira's gifts, uh, guess, I guess you can follow me on... I forgot what my Twitter was for a second. Um, at Adam underscore not Sandler. Um, and I guess also the Aggressively OK podcast. We're still going. Um, I don't know how we're still going. There's no movies to talk about. Uh, we're just kind of spouting bullshit each week but it's fun sometimes um so yeah until next time uh i don't know just stay safe stay 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 spooky spooky. (laughs) happy halloween (laughs) y'all bye guys bye